0: We're going to start this morning the value of one soul. The value of one soul. How does God see the value of one soul? Just one. And what will he do just to save one soul? What will he do? Luke 15, 1 and 6. If you want to write it down, you can write it down and go home and look it up or you can get the tape. It's about the lost sheep. The man had 100 lost sheep. And what's amazing about it, he said it was in the wilderness. He had these sheep in the wilderness. And Jesus said... He was speaking to shepherds. When he was with farmers, he spoke about crops. With fishermen, he spoke about fish. Here he speaks about a sheep. Won't you remember that God compares us with sheep? With sheep. We worked with this guy. He had a wreck. Went around a curve too fast. Run out in the pasture. And his truck turned over and he was telling this story at the break room one morning. And he woke up laying on the ground and a goat was licking him in the face. And he said, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. Another guy said, Well, if a goat was licking you, you'd gone to the wrong place, man. Sheep. Now, the reason Jesus compared us with sheep. Sheep are some of the most dumbest animals on this earth. Now, now don't take offense to that and what he's a meaning and we'll go through this in a minute, that no man alive can find his way to God by himself. A sheep cannot find its way back home once he gets lost in the wilderness. He cannot no way he can find his way back home. Several years ago, they featured it on the national news. I believe it was a dairy farmer in Louisiana that sold some dairy cows to a person in Oklahoma. He transported them up there. A few weeks later, he noticed one of those cows that he had sold in Oklahoma was back in his pasture. It's a mystery how that cow got back a sheep would never be able to get back. Once they're lost, they're lost forever. But this shepherd leaves the 99 in the wilderness and goes after that one sheep. And he stayed after it until he found it. I want to share with us today, God wants us to stay after people we're praying for until they're found. Till they're found. He gathers it up, puts it on his shoulder, and carries it back, and said, y'all come and rejoice with me. I found the sheep. That was lost. No man ever comes to God except he's drawn by the Spirit. You you can't name one person ever come to God unless they were drawn by the Spirit. He draws people. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. He's going to draw men to himself. He doesn't draw men to nobody else but to himself. He draws. He draws people. The parable is clearly and beautiful of a wandering sheep. It's a picture of a soul that's lost and what God will do. The Bible said the Lord is long suffering. I don't know about you, but some of us God waited on a long time. Hmm? Peggy and I first got married, I was well, we won't go into that, but anyhow. Former pastor from Houston then, came up not too long after we got married. and said, have you got the Holy Ghost yet? I said, no. I said, how come you hadn't? I said, it's time. I said, we've been praying for you. You're supposed to be receiving the Holy Ghost. I want you to know when you begin to pray for people, you can start expecting something to happen. Come on now. If we do not expect something to happen, then we will not receive what we've been praying for. Expect it to happen. Speak like you expect it to happen. Jesus said, I say unto you likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over a sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Luke 15 and 7. There's joy in heaven. There's rejoicing among the angels, and I ask you who that is. There's rejoicing among the angels over one sheep coming home. I want to ask you, who is that? One person, that's Jesus Christ rejoicing among the angels that his ministry has been affected and draw that one sheep home. That one sheep home. I am looking and expecting a great revival. I am. I'm looking. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting a helicopter to land right out there. With somebody on it, it's incurable. But God can cure anything if we expect it. They tell us that a person never, rarely, ever rise above their verbal confession. Hebrews tells us that. You must have a verbal confession of what you expected God to do. You got to speak it out. So Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come for one purpose only. The only reason He came is to seek and what? To save me. How many believe he came to seek to do what? To save you. Then he goes away. Then he leaves that responsibility to every member in the church that has a responsibility to do what? To seek and what? And say what? Though it is lost. That is the mission and the goal of the church. That's the only mission and goal of the church. First Chronicles chapter 22, God told David, said, You can't build my house. You shed too much blood. Immediately that David didn't get offended. He immediately, verse 1 and chapter 23, said David was very old. But immediately he got up and went to work and gathered an abundance of gold and silver and timber and wrote letters, had thousands of people lined up to help Solomon build the temple. Verse five of chapter twenty-two, and said he gathered this while he was in much trouble. And he tells Solomon the house of God must be magnificent and glorious on the inside. We're not building a glorious and magnificent tabernacle. God is building us to be glorious and marvelous and he's going to do it while we're in trouble. Somebody ought to shout amen. We're going to have to get past this trouble business and get into soul winning business. That's what we're here for, to win souls, to gather in the lost sheep. Then we have another Jesus in the same setting as he was talking to them. He said this, the lost piece of silver, Luke 15, 18. And Jesus he used silver coin was not in mint at that time. Silver was the most ex- precious mint it was in at that time. And that was a silver coin. And not only it had engraving on it, they brought a piece of money to Jesus about paying tithes. And Jesus said, whose insignia is on that? They said, Caesar's. Then he said, do what? Render the Caesars. What is Caesars? What's on your money? In God what? In other words, it's stamped, engraved in our money. In God we trust. Where did they get that? Where did the forefathers get that? They got it from the Bible. That's why we are to give our money to the kingdom of God. Because it's in God we trust. So he gives this story about them and she lost it in the house. She lost it in the house. The house is the church. This piece of corn, so precious. And she had ten of them. She lit a light. The light here represents, it's in psalms said the light The lamp of the Lord is a guide to your path. The word of God is a lamp, a light, a guide to our path to guide us to where? Where the lost soul is. Where the lost soul is. We cannot find them except what? God leads us to them. She swept the house until she found it. Peggy's having some of her tests done in Texas Canada of the other day, and they put us in these rooms. And I was sitting there by myself, and this guy stuck his head around the corner and said, I'd like to talk to you. I knew him, and he knew me. He's from this area. They come and got him. He said, it's time for you to go. I said, if it's all right, I'll come visit you in your home. He said, that'll be fine. I went to where he lived and sat and talked with him for a long time then have prayer. The seed is sown, Brother Don. I say the seed is sown. Now it's up to God to do what? It's up for Don to sow the seed in the soil. But Don can't make it. Glory to God. I'm going to slow down a little bit. Don was on the anointing of prophecy this morning when he said that. It wasn't Don Malam speaking from the flesh. It was anointing of prophecy to us to hear what Brother Don was saying under the anointing. The seed is sown in the soil, and we have no idea when it will come up. That's God's responsibility to raise that seed up. It's God's responsibility to touch this man's life. He talked about him and his family going to come to church, but it's God has to draw him. Are you with me? It's God that has to draw him. Sister Worley, it was a divine appointment of God that you here today. I know you probably come with them, but it was a divine appointment. Whether you know it or not, it was a divine appointment of God when you sat on that front row in that Sunday school class this morning. And when you spoke up and said, I've prayed for Joe now 20 years before i seen the result." The seed was planted. The seed was there. Brother Don was speaking this morning. The seed is planted. Oh, glory to God. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, Brother Don, to tell you that you wasn't just speaking from the flesh. You were speaking a prophecy to you and I. And in our Sunday school class this morning, Ken, James Clayton, Jeff McCourt, Jerry Wiley was at Mexico on a piece of property, 33 acres. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. Well, the Jeff McCourt prophesied over that land, 33 acres, and said, Jerry, buy this land. Jerry ain't got no money. He got no money. He broke. He's not a citizen of Mexico. He can't own no land. The Lord spoke to me a while ago, said, before Jerry and those stood on that piece of property, before Jeff prophesied, I had him to prophesy, I had planted a seed and jerry's daughter to come into this earth and to be born in mexico i had a plan for that lie that land before they ever got there come on do you believe that god has a plan for your life before you ever got there he planted a seed we don't know how it grows we don't know when it's going to come up but bless god we believe the word is in the seed of god as brother don said i didn't know it's going to come up but god had put the word in the seed and the ground, he don't know how. Jesus said, you don't know how it's going to grow, but it's growing. A divine importance for you to be here today. I want you to be encouraged this more than what you planted is coming up. You don't see no result, but it's coming up. Hmm? Praise God. Praise God. Well, excuse me a minute. If you don't, I'm going to do it anyhow. I don't know where all of y'all can see that or not. Can y'all see that? You can't be waving it, can you? Someone sent me a magazine the other day, The Glory of Israel. Can you see them flaming horses? How many can see them? How many know that the same God that gathered around Elisha with flaming horses of chariot is gathered around your life today Brother Don, they're gathered around your prayers of your teenage grandchildren. I want you to know you need to stop your worrying. God has sent angels, flaming spirits around your children to guard your children. You can't be there, but you can ask God to send his angels there and guard your children. You say, well, how do I know he's going to do it? He's not going to do it if you don't expect it to be done. You speak it out, and God says, I'll receive that. I'll take that word that's been planted, and I'll make it come up. Your children is not in your hands, your children's in God's hand. In God's hand. Praise God. The woman in this parable is a representation of the church. She lit a lamp, which is the Word. She began to sweep until she found it. Jesus has gone back to heaven. He's left that responsibility to the church to seek, use the Word, and search. And we will find. We're going to find. But God will lead us to through, through the light of the word, just like he led that woman in the blessings of God. Amen. The world is ripe for one of the greatest revivals that this world has ever seen. We're in the end time for the latter rain. It was in our Sunday school lesson, I think. We didn't get that far along. But the latter rain is gonna be greater than the former rain. Gonna be greater. It's gonna be greater. Well, when it's gonna come, Brother Billy, I don't know, but I know the seed been planted. I know the word of God is true. And I know it's not gonna very off course. Then we have the prodigal son in the same setting. He asked for his living and the Father gave it to him. He went out and wasted it and spent it until he was broke. And Then the Bible said, and a great famine came to the land. A great famine. Sometimes God... Or let's just say this. The famine came for that son to realize and come to himself, there's plenty in the father's house. We're in treacherous times. I rarely ever watch the news because there's nothing I can do about it. But there's something I can do and get on my hands and knees and pray. When the famine is coming or the famine is coming, Glory to God. The famine drove Naomi away from home. And look what it cost her. It cost her husband and her two sons. Because she left the house of bread. But when she heard, Sister Pam, there was bread. Let's put it another way. When she heard that God had visited his house, she went home. And she brought Ruth with her. The world is going to hear there's bread again in the house of God. There's deliverance in the house of God. The seed has come up and produced fruit. The fruit is sold. When the Bible talks about fruit, it's talking about fruit. It said you will know their fruit, they're souls. They're souls when they hear that they can come to the house of God and get delivered. Not only that, they're gonna bring people with them. We're not saying and not gonna prophesy that God's gonna make this church a large sum of numbers. Forget that. I say we need to get that out of your mind. We, we can't be like some other churches. We're not that large. We'll never will be that large. You say, well, brother Billy, you ought to believe. It. When the man from the south came and went to Jerusalem, and was on his way back, he didn't understand what he read. But God sent Philip down there to preach to him. And when he received the word of God, he was baptized and went back to his home country. When the man got legions of demons cast out of him, he didn't go on the missionary journey with Jesus. He went back home and told what wonderful things God had did for him. And when Jesus came back through that city, meaning Decapolis meaning ten cities, He gathered all the sick, the lame, the halt, and the blind, and laid them down, and everyone that touched Jesus was healed. That's what I'm saying. When they hear, glory to God, we're not expecting them to stay here. We expect them to go somewhere and use what God has given them. Huh? Glory to God. Reese Howells was a great missionary in his time. He said he worked with a guy one time, three years. He said he stunk so bad you couldn't always stay around him. He was an alcoholic. He lived in an old tin mill by the boiler. Hair was grown so long, had no socks. But said, I began to witness to him. We'd make some progress, and then he would fall back. But God said, you stay with him. And one day he was totally, completely delivered. Totally, completely delivered. Something good is not about to happen. Something good is happening. Amen? You can't live the past. It's over with. It's gone. You just will close the door to it. You can't live in the future. You ain't got there yet. This is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted hour of the Lord. We're to live now the way God would have us to live and have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Have the power of God in our lives and blessing the Lord. We're going to ask you to pray. I'm going to just go ahead and quit right here. I'm going to read some scriptures and then we'll jump over here. We're going to read from uh, Matthew 9, 35 and 38. If you would, please. You don't have to turn there. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sick, every disease among the people. When he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Because they faint, were scattered abroad as sheep, not having a shepherd. Then he said unto them, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord, now that's Jesus Christ. Let me put it this way. Pray that Jesus Christ of the harvest will send forth laborers unto his harvest. We're to pray. And I know we're praying, but we're going to mention something here. Ezekiel 34 and 7. God keeps mercy, or keeping mercy for a thousand generations. Forgiving transgressions and sin. Verse 8. Moses made haste and bowed down his head and prayed pardon. Our iniquities, our sins, and take us from thee, nor thy inheritance. Verse ten. And God said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people I will do marvelous such as never been seen or done in all the earth, nor any nations. Now when Moses failed flat down on the ground, his dirt in the face, when God said, I am going to destroy Israel, he fell flat down in dirt and, and prayed. One man saved a nation because of his prayers. One man saved a nation. I want us to expect marvelous things like we have never seen and witnessed before. John four thirty-six said, The fruit of the harvest is people brought to eternal life. Abraham saved a family. Souls are the most important thing to God on this earth. Is a soul. Now we're gonna pray before we're baptized. And I want you to see what Brother Down said this morning. And listen, when people are under the anointing, sometimes they may not know it, but they're prophesying. If we will accept that word in the Spirit that is sent, it will do marvelous things in our lives. The position of prayer. I'm going to read you some things right now. position of prayer. You can pray standing. 1 Kings 18 and 2. Nehemiah 9, 4 and 5. You can pray sitting. You pray sitting, 1 Chronicles 17 and 6, Luke 10 13. You can pray kneeling, Ezekiel 9 and 5, Daniel 6 and 10, Acts 20 and 36. You can pray lying in the bed, Psalm 63 and 6. You can pray bowing down to the ground, Exodus 34 and 8, Psalm 95 and 6. You can pray laying on the ground. 1 Timothy 12, 16. Matthew 26 and 13. You can pray lifting your hands toward heaven. I want to encourage you starting right now. For the rest of my life, I'm going to spend some time each day praying for souls. I'm going to be praying for the sheep that's lost. The coin is lost. The prodigal son is lost. You don't have to get out on your knees and spend hours. You don't need to do that. You can do that, but God is not looking for the position we get in to pray. He's looking for the spirit of prayer. That's why he lists all those things, the spirit of prayer. It's just a word he prayed out of probably a lot of different positions in 20 years. But look what she got. It's the spirit of prayer. Being in the spirit. The just shall live by the spirit. And walk by the spirit. It's being in the spirit. Expecting something good to happen. Isaiah 45 and 11. He says, command you my hand. He's Talking about souls. I mean, you know, if we seek the kingdom of God first. He'll take care of these other things for us. I'm telling you this. Church, I'm influenced by God. If we will set Him first, His first prayer is soul, then He will do things for us while we're doing things for Him. I'm telling you, He'll work day and night for us. He'll, he'll work day and night. Somebody come up to Pig and I the other day and said, last Sunday said, this is y'all's red letter day. And truly, it was a wonderful day for us. Our daughter and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren, all being baptized and being anointed and dedicated to God. And the Bible said in Isaiah 62 and 7, don't give him no rest. You can pray driving down the road. Anywhere you are, you can pray in the spirit of prayer. We can send the Spirit over yonder. Jesus did and healed a man. Why can't we pray the spirit of prayer? It's just, worldly. I don't imagine Job was always at home when you was praying for him, was he? Okay, so you sent the spirit over there. You sent the spirit over there. We, we can send the spirit. Linda, you can send your spirit to wherever cave is. You can send the spirit of prayer wherever Allie is. I don't mean to worry you, body, but I learned this when I first got in the church. Got got in the church, the guy preached about angels. It got a hold of me, and I've never have forgot it. Even if you're with your children, you can't protect them. We have this spirit like a chicken that we think we can protect them from the hawk, but there's only one. That's the flaming chariots of God that's gathered around us and our children. He, he, he gives that example for us to know what, what he will do, what he is doing, for the wonderful blessings of God that is upon us. And then Jeremiah 33 and 3, he's talking about prayer. said, if you pray, said, I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I want you to just pray right now. Why don't you just make a commitment to God right now. The rest of my life, I'm going to be praying for souls. Every day I'm going to pray for souls. Diane, while you're vacuuming, and I know you do, you could pray for souls. When you're baking bread, you can pray for souls. Be soul-minded of the kingdom of God and the blessings of God. This is a wonderful thing this morning, the dedication of a child and then also being baptized. God bless you for being here this morning hope you'll be praying for these things. Glory to God. When the Lord leads me, I will be sharing with you about the ten talents. It's a heart-stirring story in the Bible about the ten talents. It's heart-stirring. God gave all of them the same equal thing. But one of these days, there's going to come a harvest. And we're going to give an account. What we have done, what God has given us. God bless you for being here today. God bless you.